guys welcome to my youtube channel please subscribe for more videos every sunday at 10 a.m man uh just kidding welcome to church uh my name's romaine and i'm currently in marlette hall safe and sound so i pray you all are safe and sound wherever you're at so today i've been asked to talk about kind of what i've been learning from god so recently i've lost some job opportunities that i had this summer and it's been forcing me to think about what those three months look like. No, I've usually never been a person to think about stuff like that, like what my tomorrow look like. I usually just take it one day at a time, but no, I, I kind of want to know. And so it's been causing me some distress here and there. But what has helped to keep me at peace has been leaning, leaning into the things that I do know. And those are, um, even when the world stops moving. God doesn't. Uh, even when I haven't a clue of what my tomorrow looks like, God knows what the next 10 years looks like. So with that said, I've been just reflecting on what God's been doing, sort of to use that as a clue as to, you know, what I'm going to do this summer. And so I hope you guys use this time as well to just look at the small things that God's doing it's easy I feel like it's easy to get carried away because this is all happening so you know largely and it's affecting people in so many ways but I pray you all are able to stay at peace as I've been uh, so with that said enjoy the service and see you again next week same time peace hi Bluemont family this is Natalie and moving back to Lawrence for the time being brought a lot of changes and one positive one was being able to secure a temporary job um, God challenged me to pray about increasing my giving due to this extra income, and he challenged me to tithe 50% of it. I learned that he was inviting me to learn how to rely on him for provisions and security rather than my finances, as well as pushing me to care for the people around me who don't have as many resources right now. I love you all, and I hope we all get to be together soon. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's Bluemont Church Sunday live stream. Here we've got our friend Eddie McDonald. Hello. Most of us know him. One of our good friends here at Bluemont, small group leader and just all around good guy. So welcome, Eddie. Glad you could be here. I am glad to be here with you today. Yeah, so good hearing from Romaine and Natalie. And thanks for sharing and those, those stories about how God's meeting you during this time are just so encouraging and really in inspiring. And actually, we, we right along the lines of what we're talking about today, which is how to experience financial peace. Mm -hmm. um, so we're changing up the order a little bit. You, if you didn't figure that, that out already, we're going to hold off on our worship singing until the end of our live stream today. So Eddie and I are going to talk through a little bit, um, look at what Jesus has to say about how to experience financial peace. And we've got three call-ins. We're calling in our friends Chris and Jacqueline Tompkins from Denver. Yeah. Alumni here. So yeah, going to see what they look like if you haven't seen them for a couple of years. And then our friend Rich Lorenzo, who Eddie affectionately likes to call. Uncle Rich. Uncle Rich. He's Uncle Rich. <laughs> Uncle he Rich is going to be in the house. Exactly. Almost. Almost exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be fun. So, but they have some really, um, and, and Eddie also is sharing some of his story. Um, and different scenarios where God has been bringing financial peace into, into their lives and yeah. things for all of us to apply. So this just jumping right in, really this topic of how to experience financial peace is a huge topic even before COVID-19. In fact, we were doing our Manhattan Wants to Know survey around town, asking people what was on their mind, what they wanted to know, what their issues were before this all went down. And this was one of the top topics that came up then and even more now. Because yeah, for sure. obviously there's a lot of financial stress and uncertainty, anxiety, mm -hmm. and uh, lack of peace in this area, which already was a big issue beforehand. So we, uh, one more thing, um, as always, we do, would love to hear your questions. So type those in as we go, and we would love to take some time at the end to, for any more Q&A for things that aren't covered. Yes, questions, questions. Please send questions. That's right. We want to answer them, or Jonathan will. Yeah. Well, no. Hopefully, Eddie is. That's why he's here. That's why I'm here. He's okay. got a great story. 
So, but we want to start out looking at what Jesus, looking at Jesus on experiencing financial peace. And so we're going to look, before we look at some of the individuals in our community who are living this out, and actually that's one thing I really was thinking about, I love about what we're doing here, is that we're just a local church. And there are, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday with some top experts along this, this, this line. But what's cool is that we are just normal people in a community living this out, and God is bringing his answers to us. And there's something pretty cool about that. And so we're going to look at, at what Jesus says about finances in Luke 12. Before we do that, though, um, Eddie, will you, you just pray for us? And just mm-hmm. really want to encourage all of us to be preparing our hearts, really listening to, to God, asking him to speak to us. And because otherwise it's just good advice or good ideas. But we want more than that. We really want God to show up and bring his insight and his truth and his mm-hmm. grace to our lives. Yeah. Yeah, so Father, we we do want to uh, meet with you today. God, we want to experience um, all that you have to offer. Father, we want you to be present with us um, in our living rooms. Father, sitting next to us, God, yes. um, teaching us in, in a real experiential way, Father, that, that you can speak to our hearts and reveal um, the truth uh, about you and God, what you really have to say about um, finances and money and provision and, and just who you are, Father. And I pray against any um, distractions, God, that there's a, a good focus that you bring to us um, right now, even as we're in a bunch of different locations, but it's easier to get distracted when you're kind of at home or in your comfort zone. So, God, I pray that you, um, you're right there with us and speaking to us as if um, you know, we just met you in the street and you said, hey, my name's Jesus. And you reach out your hand mm-hmm. for a shake. Uh, so that's a really good image that I saw. But mm. but thank you, God. Um, and we really expect to, to hear from you today yes. in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, Luke 12, starting in verse six, Jesus is, is teaching here. And he you want to just read the first couple of verses here. I can. Great. I can. So in verse 6, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, are you not more valuable than many of the sparrows? Yeah. So that's our starting point, is that God sees what's going on. He values us. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about that, he sees every stinking sparrow that's <laughs> out there. You know, not that there's, you know, not to speak disparagingly about the sparrows, but the, the little things that we would easily overlook, God is fully aware of and creatively providing for for the world. Mm-hmm. And so our tendency, you know, he knows, he knows what bills are due. He knows what our job situation is or uncertainty. He knows if internships are getting canceled or all of that. He's, he's aware of that, and he, his ability to provide for us comes from his heart, and he's able to do that in creative ways. Yeah. Yeah, so. and, like, the, the two sparrows are, like, the poorest of the poor, uh-huh. you know, like, offering. So he's even saying that, hey, even if you have the people that don't have anything and you have to buy a sparrow, and that's two pennies is a lot of money to some people, but really um, how, how they're... They're really important to him too. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so that's a, let's just lay that, lay that foundation. Really, as we read through this, we're wanting to just kind of help us think bigger, think beyond our natural sort of worries and anxieties and fears and greed and all that, and have, let God lift us up to a broader way of broader way of thinking. So as Jesus was teaching, we skip down a few verses to verse fourteen. It says that. Go ahead and read that too. All right. Someone in the crowd said to him, (laughs) interruption. Yeah, I know. Um, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Yeah. And so I'll interrupt you (laughs) while we're at it. It's, you can imagine this. So Jesus talking and there's this guy, he's like, man, I got a financial problem. I got a Mm -hmm. deal. I've been, I've been counting on this money to come my way, but my brother's holding out. Like he's mm-hmm. keeping it for himself. He's not bringing it. And so there's a situation where he was counting on some funds 
mm-hmm. and they weren't coming his way yet. And that's a really frustrating place to be in. Um, that's, you know, it may be where, you know, a job fell through or, you know, in our situation right now, we'd be like, man, I, I was counting on this, but it's not happening. That's, that can come to the forefront of our minds very, mm-hmm. very quickly and seem like that's the biggest, biggest, biggest thing. Yeah, and it kind of makes me think of, you know, when you want, like, you want something and you're like, oh, I, I'm going to be getting a raise. Uh-huh. So, therefore, I will have money so I can go ahead and, you know, buy this thing. And then it doesn't come through. Right. Then you're like, oh, man, where I, someone owes me money. Let me go try and find some money uh-huh. somewhere. Yeah. So what's Jesus' response? So his response is, but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Yeah, so it's Jesus saying, I'm not playing that game. I'm not going to, yeah. that's not the role I'm going to have. I'm not going to be reduced just to settling your l- low level fear about getting this money that you think is, is mm-hmm. due you. Not that, you know, it doesn't seem low level, but he's saying there's, he's, there's a higher way that he's, he's calling yeah. us into. Yeah, that's true. Um, so what does he say to them? He says, take care and be on guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Yeah, that's huge. Our life doesn't consist in the abundance of our possessions. Mm -hmm. So God will creatively provide for us, but he wants to make it clear that life isn't about our possessions, that the why for our life, he wants to call us to a higher why for something beyond just possessions and money. So don't let, so that's kind of our theme today. Money, God will pr- provide for our needs, mm-hmm. but don't let money be our why. Yeah. And he continues that in verse, uh, verse 21. So verse 21, I'll go yeah. ahead and read that. Yeah, go ahead okay. and read that. So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Good. Yeah. Keep on reading here. Um, to 29. First yeah, 29. Verse okay. 29. Yes. Keep on ahead there. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. You know, I interrupt you again <laughs> but that i just found that this out this morning actually i was looking this up but the word worried there literally means suspended in air interesting don't be suspended in air and that's what worry does to us we're, we're suspended in midair and we can't mm-hmm. really do anything and now even i experienced this this morning my first thing in the first conversation today my wife ray and i were we woke up we were still in bed and I looked over her, and she seemed to have something on her mind. I said, hey, what are you thinking about? And she said, well, I'm just I'm kind of thinking about our retirement and our savings. And, and there was a little bit of anxiety there. And I was like, wow. And just in that place we talked about, it's just you kind of feel suspended in air. And it wasn't even like our current, like there wasn't even mm-hmm. a current need. But there was this future worry that leads us to be just kind of like, ungrounded yeah like so easily when you say suspended in air it's, it's almost like there's no there's no boundary there's no direction like you can't get your bearings to kind of like see mm-hmm. you know where you're going what's up what's down mm-hmm. which is makes it gives a, it's a good picture yeah. of, of what worry kind of yeah. really is right um so i should keep on reading yeah keep on reading All right good idea um, where are we at? For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your father, your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek the kingdom, hmm. and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yeah. So don't seek after, don't be obsessed or focused on all these things that we need. But let mm-hmm. our why be a bigger why. Yeah. Let our why be something bigger. And it really the why is, is caring about what God cares about, seeking first his kingdom, the things that are important to God, the things that he cares about. 
And an incredible promise there is that as we do that, as we seek first his kingdom, as we care about what he cares about, what, what does he see in the world? What are the things that are important to him? As we let that become our why, then our needs are taken care of, but we're also swept into something so much bigger, mm-hmm. what we're really meant to live for. So good. let's just bring it on home here. Uh, 32 and 34. All right. So this is... Uh, this or 33 is, through 33. Yeah. Sell your possessions. Give to the needy. Mm-hmm. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So isn't that great? Like as we get the bigger why, it leads to this generosity mm-hmm. of we're not letting our fear make us hold on to stuff, but we're willing to, to sacrifice or give what we have for something bigger and trusting that God's going to take care of us. And in that, there's such a joy. You know, yeah. there's the, imagine it's like, this is radical. Like sell your stuff. Wait, I, I thought I was supposed to hoard my stuff. I need, right? There's not enough in the grocery stores, but... It's actually like, hold it loosely, be willing to, to give it, sell it, mm-hmm. and there's a freedom that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and then there's that, the whole, I really do think there's like a, a spiritual aspect to the money, uh-huh. and you know, it's, it's when, you, when, you, when you can let go of it, um, yeah. then it kind of, it kind of trumps like the spiritual power it might have over you, I think, I don't know. Yeah. More about that maybe in little story I, I got to tell. So we'll, we'll hold, that hold off for that. Okay. Oh, yeah. we'll Sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, breaking the power of the spiritual stuff that holds us under mm-hmm. the, whatever that is. And you know, I know this week just, I had the privilege of the most, the most fun I had this last week was a couple opportunities that were presented to us to give to oh, something yes. bigger. And, and a couple of situ- our family said, yes, like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to give to, to this person who's going to serve in North Africa right now, in Tunisia, bringing the gospel there. Mm-hmm. And we gave a gift, and it was just like, man, that was so fun. And then we watched, I don't know how many of you have seen The Chosen, a little miniseries that's been on TV and online, but our family really got into that this last week. And just a great presentation of the life of Jesus and the first disciples he called and how good he was and bringing his life to them and purpose to them. And at the end of that, there's a chance to pay it forward and mm-hmm. help pay for season two and for others to, to see these episodes. And so Reagan and I were talking ahead of time, like, hey, let's talk to our kids and like, let's, 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 let's teach them about giving. We're going to give them a chance to give. And so we'll, let's be ready to give something. And so we did this and we talked about an amount. We had a little amount in mind. And so when we were done. We did that and we showed like the different things about different levels you could give. And we said, hey, how about, we were thinking about giving this much. And this is really, you know, in our minds, like, this is generous. And Ian, our our 12-year-old, said, well, I was thinking, like, this amount. And it was triple what we were going to give. And we were like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Like, this the the faith of a child. Like, hey, let's do that. And there was just that, like, man, look, this is so great to give this way to something bigger than ourselves, Mm -hmm. to see lives changed as the gospel's going out into the world. Mm -hmm. So... That's, that's, the, that's the, the type of mentality God wants us to bring us into. And so we're going to move into our call-ins. Our, our first couple we're calling is, is Chris and Jacqueline Tompkins. Um, they, they were part of Bluemont um, until three years ago. They were here while they were college students at K-State, both engineering students, now both working in their first jobs in Denver, Colorado. And they're really a good model um, of how to start out your career and your married life on a good financial footing and in a way that seeks first the kingdom. So uh, let's just go ahead and call them up, see what they look like now. I really want to just see his picture. I don't know what that is. It looks kind of funny, though. Oh. Wow. Hello. Hey, Chris and Jacqueline, good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you. Well, see, see you, too. too. Can't quite see you, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. It wow. is kind of weird for me, too. Wow, you all you just look like you're in Colorado somehow. I don't know, that, <laughs> that painting behind you, the brightness in the room. That's great. 
So, well, thanks for joining us. Good to get up yeah. an hour earlier. I know the time change here, but good to, good to be with you. We, we, we miss you, but glad we can join you here this morning. Yeah, yeah, we miss all you guys too, definitely. So we're talking about how to experience financial peace, uh, financial peace. And <laughs> um, you, you know, you're a really good model, especially for those of us here that are still in college or just starting out. Um, you're a few years ahead of that. And you're kind of in the unique category, too, that, that my wife and I never experienced. You're a couple dinks, right? Double income, no kids. So that's, that's nice. Um, but really appreciate the way that you're being good stewards of, your, of this season of your life. And so the first question is, what has been surprising to you about finances as you started out in this season of life? Yeah. I'd say um, when I when we first got out of um, K State and we soon got married that June, um, like in my mind I pictured that we'll have you know we have our first jobs, we'll have a perfect life, we'll have an amazing apartment with furniture, we'll have a new car, we'll have all of these things. That's just how I had pictured it. And then once we got to Denver and we started our jobs, we were like, no, actually we have no money. And so we had to sleep on an air mattress for a whole month, like our first month here in Colorado, because we couldn't afford to, you know, buy any furniture mm -hmm. or to have any things that like how I had pictured it. Right. And then, but what I learned was like, it was the patience. Like I mm -hmm. had to have, we had to have patience in order to like get all of those things that like you think of when you start a life, like a couch right. and a, and a, bed you know all of these things we had to slowly build up to and just be patient and wait yeah on. it doesn't uh it doesn't all come at once no. and just, <laughs> just because uh your your offer letter or whatever um says a certain number that you're going to be making a year that doesn't uh it doesn't just <laughs> they don't stick that in your bank account on day yeah one. you don't stick <laughs> that in your bank account the first day and no. you're like oh I got to work for two weeks before you give me anything at all uh-huh right yeah. but yeah that that expectation of like how fast things were going to happen and, and how, uh, how easy things might be was kind of, um, uh, put in a more realistic place once yeah. we started actually living in the real world. Yeah. And I'd say for me, the most, uh, surprising thing or, uh, thing that I've learned is, um, just all of the, all of the little expenses in life and, mm -hmm. and how those really seem to add up and, and because you've got, you know, like your big ones like rent and gas and electricity and all that. But all of the little things, all of your subscription services and the, the insurance and the homeowner's insurance and the health care and all this stuff all adds up to uh, more than you would think. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to keep track of all that and really understand what what your true expenses are. Yeah. So you can tell your money where to go. Instead yeah. of it just Ooh. disappearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's so good. It reminds me of in Proverbs, it says that through wisdom, a house is filled with many good things. And yeah. that doesn't just happen. There's mm -hmm. godly wisdom to help us. And it's also yeah. all of this, it's the, the same financial wisdom we need during COVID-19 is actually the same God sort of wisdom we needed before and we'll need after. Like these, mm -hmm. are, these are eternal truths we can live by. Definitely. Good. So what are some of what are the some of the top like one or two insights you've learned about finances or things you've put into your life as, as you've been in this journey? Yeah, I'd say for us specifically, because we got married right after school and everything. Um, and and we've basically begun our adult lives together and our adult finances together. Um, the two biggest things that I found are one, um, communication between both of us has been mm. super, super important. I wouldn't even say that. I would say it's essential to like really figure out what um, each of our individual plans or expectations are mm -hmm. and how to make those both into our plan and our expectation. Come up with a, a goals that we both feel comfortable with mm -hmm. while at the same time meeting um, both of our needs mm -hmm. and wants and just, and uh, uh, dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was, um, when I was in college, I went to some like professional society conferences and there was one that they talked about finances um, specifically for women and how like women and men think of finances differently. And it really stuck with me because how they explained it was 
instead of thinking of just numbers, um, you think about it like, what are your dreams in life? What is your goal? Like, if, do you want to own a home? Do you want to travel? Do you want to like, what are your, what are the things that kind of like drives you and, and makes you you? And that's kind of how you model what your savings are based on. Uh-huh. And so what Chris and I do is that we have a board on our um, refrigerator and it says the Tompkins dreams. Over, I want to see that. I know. It's like, it's over there. We'll both look at it. <laughs> that way you can okay. come to Denver. We'll show you. No, it's okay. Um, and so it says Tompkins dreams and it says so cool. um, like what our dreams are. And it changes a lot. Like it changes yeah. depending on the year or the time uh-huh. of the year. Yeah, or if, you know, there's a global pandemic that breaks right. out. Right, that happens right. too. Yes, so like for me, mine is to own a home. Um, but for Chris, it wasn't like when we first moved in and started living here, that wasn't yeah. quite his his uh, desire, was it, to yeah. get a home? Yeah, or at least to the same degree as mm-hmm. Jacqueline mm-hmm. wanted. Um, and so we've come up with a system where we kind of discuss exactly what, each other wants and what we want together as a family Mm -hmm. and how strong that want is um, on a scale of like one to 10 Yeah, Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out um, Mm -hmm. if this is a 10 for Jacqueline, it's very, very important. And it's something I really need to take seriously um, Mm -hmm. and understand how, how much of a dream this is for her. And we can work out a plan. It sounds like a marital advice. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All around. It's all around financial and marriage advice yeah so that's yeah <laughs> yeah and i and a lot of that too like the communication like i mean we learned when we were at bluemont we yeah exactly that and, and we took that into our marriage and into our finances so a lot of the tools and equipping things that we've learned kind of all yeah go together which all of that kind of leads into our second thing that we've really learned which is that creating and maintaining uh, a, a for us, a strict budget of, um, you know, like an itemized Excel list that has all of your monthly expenditures and your dreams and everything all laid out and all accurate uh, so that you really truly know where everything's going, how much you have, how much you should be saving uh-huh. so that you can keep track of everything on a week to week or month to month basis. and not just going through and creating that, but <clears throat> maintaining it um, and having it something that you constantly come back to, mm-hmm. constantly look at and discuss as part of that communication. Mm. There's really, because in the end, finances is just math, right? It's just numbers. <laughs> when you put it all into an Excel Coming spreadsheet. Coming from two engineers here. Just <laughs> two very well-rounded engineers. I, I talk Excel spreadsheets, and I'm like, what? No, not everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> I might yeah. need a classroom. It's amazing. Um, but dreams put in an Excel spreadsheet. It it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you lay it all out, all you have to do is move around the numbers, and and it helps you to feel uh, a sense of almost like you know where you're at. You're not you're not floating in air like we uh-huh. were talking about. Or yeah. Found the ground beneath you, and you can begin walking on the path towards whatever your goal is going to be. Yeah. Um, because at that point, nothing can surprise you unless you know there's a global pandemic that breaks out right. and kind of shakes things up. But that's why you go back and you reevaluate and you rework the numbers based on new situations uh-huh. that come up. Awesome. Cool. So that was Financial Peace University right there. Boiled down. Yes, yeah. that's right. Boiled down. That's right. Um, Chris and Jacqueline, give us just one more, we, more. What's the most important thing you want to leave with us that you've learned and just, you know, especially as followers of Jesus and all, how this all fits together. It's amazing how it all fits together. Relationships, finances, our walk with God, jobs, all of that. But what would be the top thing you want us to know? I guess for us, um, the thing that we try and remind ourselves of constantly and, and especially every time that um, we, we each get a paycheck is that uh, all of this has been given to us by God. Mm-hmm. And we are truly blessed to be able to be in the position we're in because of the blessings that he's given us. 
we are truly, truly thankful and grateful for all that he has provided for us. And at the same time, it's important to know that as Christians, we're called to give back those blessings that God gives us um, and to, to bless others as we have been blessed and spread God's love and, and charity throughout our community or our church or our family or, or mm-hmm. just the people on the street that you walk by every day um, yeah. and that that's really what comes before anything else um, what's most important as Christians is what we're called to do spread mm-hmm. love peace and joy um, through any any means we can and especially through finances so good mm-hmm. Jacqueline got anything to add to that Yeah, I'll say, um, I think the times that we have given um, to people, I think God has blessed us um, through that giving. Um, I think I remember um, the first time we had started tithing at our church here in Denver. Um, I, we had one car, that's all we had, and then I was using public transportation. And so, um, and it was kind of wearing on me because I had Mm. to like, um, I'm not quite good at making things on time. So, and then sometimes... We won't ask why Chris got the car and you and didn't. It's probably a good reason. going to get a seat on the train, you know. <laughs> there was just lots of things. Um, and I remember after the first time we had tied that next day at work, um, like I come in and I'm just really tired and like I'm just... There's, it's been a really long week and one of my coworkers was like, hey, do you need a car? And I was like, Yes, and he like offered to give me his spare car as really? like several months, and until we could like afford our own second mm-hmm. car, and that was just like such a blessing. And I remember like I like wrote it down on our like praise card oh. and at church, and they like shared it at church, and I was like, I mean, it wasn't like a crazy nice car at all, but it was just like but that it, is such a blessing. Oh yeah, and it was such such an immediate reinforcement of how even when it might seem like it doesn't add up Uh on your spreadsheet Uh that God can't really put God into a spreadsheet and and he's Mm. he's going to bless you um, if you live your life in the way that he has called us to bring the kingdom about yeah so good. I love those stories. Excellent. I mean, I never heard yeah. that story, that, but it's amazing how it's to seek first the kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. Yeah. God is, yeah. it, 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 God does, he does that. He's so faithful. Mm-hmm. Well, great message. That was, that was good. You know, I think that's sums everything up quite nicely. Quite nice. Yes. Well, I wish we had two more hours to keep talking, but thank yeah. you so much. And uh, glad I got up this morning to hear that. Thank you so much. Yes. Us too. Thank you guys Thank so you. much for, for talking to us. Cool. All right. We'll catch you soon. Take care. That's Bye. Good. All right. Bye. Man, that was that was amazing. These guys are these guys are awesome. I really miss them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm still like processing. So let me process. Eddie, why don't you just jump in and we got a couple more stories and just yeah. just tell us kind of story of involving your life and finances and especially the debt stuff i'll just i'll be i'll be quick i don't really have i mean they did such a great job on everything so i mine's a little different um so i wasn't saved or following jesus um until after college um and i noticed looking back that you know money kind of was something that was not like guiding me, but it was it was in the forefront, and that's kind of what mm-hmm. determined what I went to school for and and why I wanted a good job or whatever job I wanted. Um, so after college, I was in the military and I was in the army, and that's when I, you know, got baptized and things started changing. So I guess that time is when um, God really showed me that I had this false belief about money that it could bring happiness you know i would see mm-hmm. i would see like yachts and cars i'm like dude if i had a yacht like i would be happy yeah, yeah i think you know um but as you know i was in the military and i you know i can 
I, you could buy. I, I was like, what was it? The dink thing? What was that? Double income, Double income no, income, kids. no kids. Yeah, I was single income, no kids, no wife, no anything. But it was it was kind of fun. But I was I was missing out, you know, uh-huh. in a little bit. So so really, I think that um, once God revealed that to me um, and showed me that money didn't really you couldn't buy happiness. It wasn't really you know something that I needed it was easier for me to, to kind of let go of it or not mm-hmm. grab on to it as mm-hmm. much. So I, you know, I, I kind of put money on the side. And, and I think what Chris and, and Jacqueline were saying was really cool. When, when I started tithing, like I joined a church, you know, and I, I started tithing. I think that tithing actually helped me to kind of put money, um, like into submission, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hey, this is not mine. And you give it away first to God. Yeah. And I feel like that, that helped keep money out of kind of the main focus of my out life. Of, yeah. It would have been the thing that was dominating and controlling yeah. your life. Yeah. Leading you. Yeah. So I think that was, that was kind of like, that was key to uh-huh. me, you know? And then I think everything else fit in to that afterwards, you know, when money's not, um, something that I needed or I wanted to hold on to. And it was, you know, giving, giving it to God, it was easier to see like, mm-hmm. well, I already have all these other debts I need to pay, you mm-hmm. know? And that's when I was, it was easier for me to just, okay, well I went to school, I owe money. So I'm going to put all the money I have now to that. And I'm talking like, you know, I had savings, you know, I put thousands, like $5,000, just pay it right towards my loan because mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I needed to hold or buy a motorcycle with or, you know, buy toys and things. So, um, which had been the case before, right? Yes. Like we talked about the motorcycle. Well, that's only four motorcycles, but then there oh. were like <laughs> tens of other cars that wow. I bought and sold. And yeah. yeah. So gotcha. Cool. And then, and through that, they're, they're, you've seen God really take you from being, having quite a bit of debt, mm-hmm. which the Bible talks about the borrowers, the slave to the lender. And yes that's been something where you've seen Jesus take preeminence in your life and bring peace mm-hmm. in that area too. Right. I mean, it really is like, it's, it's, it really is a heavy, you can actually feel the weight of debt, huh. which is kind of weird how yeah, it so is true. spiritual to have debt and to be an, a slave to money. But money is just such a, a real way to feel it. Mm-hmm. Cause if when you pay off debt, like we had $16,000 of debt and we paid that off in like less than a year because hmm. What's his? What's what's Mr. Ramsey? Dave Ramsey was like run from a like a gazelle, you know. Run from the lion. Yeah, run from the lion. I was like, I'm putting all my money I have extra to this debt, and then hmm. once you pay it off, and you're like free We're from free. that. It's it yeah. really is. It's it's uplifting. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. there are spiritual principles too that when we make choices to let Jesus be Lord over our finances, mm-hmm. and then even seeing debt as an enemy towards his purposes in our life and get after it like that, there's grace that comes. Like God is so often faithful to bring resources to help us Mm -hmm. get out of debt. Yeah. So good. Well, uh, another, our friend, I think we need to move on to Uncle Richie. Yes, Uncle Rich. Speaking of people who really don't like debt. And so we're going to call up Rich here. But um, Rich became a believer when he was in law school, a joint law school MBA program. Um, but currently, he's he's the president of Call to Greatness, the campus ministry and youth ministry and sports ministry we're connected with, and leads mission trips. Some of us have been part of mission trips with him. But he's also a guy who had a lot of success in the business world um, mm-hmm. for a good 15 years or so, and someone who's experienced financial peace and provision in his life from God. And so we, we I'm really excited to, to talk to Rich here. So let's call him up. Where's he at? Uncle Richie. Here he comes. There he is. Hey, good morning, Rich. Hey, hey, guys. What's up? Good to see you. Yeah, it's great to be here and, and to be watching you this morning. Yeah, you're uh, Rich is coming to us from out in the country, and it doesn't quite look like Colorado there, but it looks like a good place. And Rich, just, um, we've been friends for like 20 years and it's been so cool to see what God's done in, in our lives and our relationships during that time. 
Uh, but can you just tell us, fill us in on your career background, what you've done career-wise career up to this point? Yeah, Jonathan, thanks so much, man. I was, I was uh, as I was thinking about that, um, you know, earlier when uh, just, hey, look at what my career has been. I hope people would say that, man, this guy has been a guy that's made disciples, you know. Uh-huh. First, as a lawyer, I worked at a large firm, and, man, I, I reached out to people there and led a guy to the Lord and started discipling him. And then he ended up, he's a pastor now at a large church in Phoenix. Uh-huh. And then I went and started a financial firm with a friend of mine and, you know, did that for about 11 years and uh, also made a couple, two or three guys that trained them to be disciples and led them to the Lord. And, and so then now I, now I work at Call to Greatness. In between that, I started another company, but each of the way, each of the, each of the places that I worked, my goal was, Yes, yes, I had to do business, but my my career, I felt, was like, hey, my job is to make disciples. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it was really neat just thinking back to that. Yeah, there it is again. Seek first the kingdom, and these things will be added to you as well. Um, how in there, how did you come, in your growth and development, how did you come to see the connection between God and your finances? You know, I think... For me, the first time I saw it as a as a new attorney, I had only been a Christian for a year, year and a half, and um, the church that I was a part of was starting. They were going to build a building, and they had started this campaign, and they called it the Faith Building Campaign. Gotta love and that. And the, the slogan, the slogan, you were probably part of that. The slogan was not equal gift, but equal sacrifice. Hmm. And at that time, I was new. I, you know, like your guest previously, the Tompkins. I was just starting out. I was trying to figure out my finances, how to do a good job, how to steward them wisely. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had this car payment. I bought a new car because I had not a very good car and I had to drive to Kansas City every day. Yeah. And so I felt like during this time, one day I was just praying and I felt like God told me, man, give a car payment for the next three years. One car payment uh, for the next three years, every, every, every month. And that's going to be the amount of gift that you give to this faith building campaign. And, and right when that happened, I just felt, man, this is part of obeying God and serving mm-hmm. and, and being a steward of my resources and honoring God was to um, really, I understood the connection between God and my finances. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I said, man, this is the way I honor God through my, through my giving. That's really cool. Cause I, I know, I didn't even know that, but I know of two other people who, who gave car payments or gave their cars. Mm. or that was their mm-hmm. pledge that to give their car or the equivalent of their car because that was we were mostly young and starting out that was the biggest thing we had and this ragtag group of people there was like seven hundred thousand dollars raised that to, wow. to build this building and move into it's crazy it, so. because god wants all of us you know in every yeah. area of our life and this was a way for finance on financial side of things that i could just say man I'm, I'm giving now in this area i'm giving this to god and you know one of the things I think you're, you guys alluded to it a little bit, but like when you give, it, it breaks the spirit of money or mammon mm-hmm. over your life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's so huge, so huge to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. And um, any other just top one or two financial insights you'd want to pass on to us here today? Well, a couple things I would just say is, um, you know, we live at God. God is a God of abundance. He owns everything. And mm-hmm. so really giving is really a way for us to release that uh, spirit of money and then to see like to be like, hey, man, God's a God of abundance. And and I, I think a couple of points that I would say would be one, you know, I, I teach a lot of financial classes. And one of the things I always question, I always get every class without doubt. Hey, the Bible doesn't say anything about tithing anymore. The Old Testament took it away. And it was funny. And I'm like, OK. So let's just say the tithing disappeared in the Old Testament. It's no longer relevant today. I said, what does the New Testament say? Well, it said it doesn't say anything about tithing. I said, actually, you're right. It, it said, what it says is that you're supposed to give everything. Uh-huh. And so I, then, I, then they, they, they open their eyes really wide, and they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Why did I give everything now? <laughs> I, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I, hey, can I go back to the Old Testament right. real quick, 10%? Man, that's, I want to I try that, you know. And, right. and so the, the other thing I would say is um, – you know, typically I've seen if your financial house is not in order, usually it's a good indication that your spiritual life isn't in order. Hmm. Not all the time, but typically, 95% of the time, your faith hasn't been developed in your, in your 
And, and so I typically see that. I think if you're a good steward of your money and you're taking care of God's resources, typically you're, you're, you, you're a person that is growing and your faith is, is uh, uh, growing. That, that, that's how I would leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Speaking the truth here. It's good stuff. Rich, one last thing. I, it hit me as we were talking or thinking about you coming on that was very relevant right now is that during the last financial crisis in 2008, you actually left, or left what you were doing or, and focused on something new, which was starting a new business in the middle of a real economic downturn. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and that was something that when a lot of people, you know, the natural tendency was to be fearful and withdraw or not see how good could come out of that. That was something that God really blessed. And I think that's, there would be lessons from that that would be so helpful for us as we're in this current situation right now. So could you just speak to that? Yeah, Jonathan, as you're saying that, it's so interesting. I'm reminded of a story. I went to Mexico mid-December. On a, I led a team on a missions trip. And one of our things that we were going to do was build a house. And uh, as we were building the house, the, the man that was in charge of all the teams to help us build, he's kind of like the contractor for this house we were providing for a, a, a lower-income family. As we're building the house, if you go take a break or if you put a nail in and you did it wrong, and he just kept coming up to him and saying, hey, brother, opportunity. Brother, opportunity, brother, opportunity. <laughs> and he just kept on saying opportunity every time we wow. made a mistake or when we were just sitting taking like a two-minute water break. He was on us. Hey, guys, I have lots more opportunities over here for you. <laughs> and I, I really think that in the midst of the storm, uh-huh. looking for opportunities, yes. you know, we prayed. We prayed for ideas of new businesses. And then God showed up, you know, uh-huh. looking for we, – we found a creative solution to something in our community that we saw – you know, look for opportunities in your community, your state, your the world of how you can meet a need where, where there's where there's lack or where there's somewhere mm-hmm. where nobody's meeting that need. And, mm-hmm. and so we looked at it that way as man opportunity. And we ended up coming up with a great idea that's still going today. And it's been very successful. And so I would just encourage everybody like, man, don't look at this as like, man, oh, man, I'm stuck at home or look at it as opportunity. <laughs> I love it. Opportunity. I love it. Opportunity. That's great. Yeah. That's really fun. good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Uncle Rich. Thanks for being with us. Good I to see you, friend. I didn't tell him to say that. I'm sorry, but. It got stuck in my head. You are a close uncle to me, I feel. But thank you. What did you say, Eddie? I didn't he, hear that. Uh, Jonathan called you Uncle Rich, and I remember I oh, was always okay. calling you Uncle Rich, so I, I just, yeah. Wanted to hey, speak. I'm glad you guys sharing a, a term of love towards yes, me. Yes, yes, that's cool. right. Is. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for giving us this opportunity. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you soon, man. All right. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Okay. Well, we've gotten a lot this morning. Yeah. So dense. much. Mm-hmm. So dense. Yes. I'm going to be watching this a couple times, I think, because mm-hmm. there's a lot, a lot in there. But really, if we could boil it all down... I think it's, it's make our why God's why and then trust him as we, as we follow him step by step and knowing that he is for us, he is with us, he is creative, he is generous, and he's the host who invites us to, to invite others into that party mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, in a minute, transit, we're going to move into some time of just worshiping and singing. I'm so excited for that this morning and just lifting up God in our time together. I want to go over a couple things going on this week before we before we do that and so um first is that if you're new here what do you need to do eddie oh if you're new yeah okay if you're new um we don't have the connection cards physically but on our website at bluemont.church on the little drop down there's a connect um yeah we'd love to you for you to go in there and Fill one of those out and um, send any questions um, that you may have or prayer requests or any way we can help you. And we just want to get to know you and, 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 and welcome you into the family of, uh, you know, God's family. So Awesome. Great. Another thing is we have small groups going on every week. Groups of usually about five people meeting over Zoom and great places to get connected, grow. Uh, this summer, we're looking at starting a Financial Peace University small group. We have spots for 10, I mean for five, actually, open right now. Could grow from that. But if you in, want to be in on that, 
you're kind of piqued by what we talked about this morning, then email us, info at bluemont.church, and let us know, and we're going to start filling that up. Mm-hmm. And then we got a worship night coming yeah. up on Thursday, so that'll be fun it's and exciting. I know people start dancing in our house, so yes. you can do that at yours too. <laughs> exactly right. And then today, uh, part two of our Knowing God class is one to two on Zoom. You can uh, find the link for that on our webpage too. So that's that's pretty much it. I want a little uh, preview. Next Sunday, we're going to be having a time of communion together during our, our Sunday morning. Um, we'll be talking about something to be excited about, and we'll be celebrating communion together as well. So prepare your own elements, mm-hmm. your juice or wine or bread, crackers, and we'll be having a time during our Sunday morning to do that together. And so that's it before we head on. We actually have a quick two-minute word from our sponsors, a uh, <laughs> little video we're going to watch as we change our set here and get ready for worship. So enjoy that, and then get ready Stand up if you want to, spread out. We're going to be worshiping God together here. I just can't get these numbers to add up. Floyd, we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt. Does it ever end? Well, maybe I can help. We could sure use that. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to make our payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control. That's why I developed this unique program and wrote this book entitled, Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. Oh, let me see that. If you don't have any money, you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. (laughs) Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey, it makes sense. There's this whole section on how to buy expensive jewelry with cash and save. Give me that. And where do you get this? saved money. I'll show you how in chapter three. Okay, but what if I want something and I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's just say you don't have enough money. Should I buy it anyway? No. Now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Let's say I have the money. Can I buy something? Yes. Okay, now take the money away. Same story? No. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. I think I got it. You buy something and then hope you have the money to pay for it, right? No. You make sure you have the money and then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? No. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. The advice is priceless, and the book is free. Oh, I like the sound of that. And we can put it on our credit card. The book does not actually exist. Harry Potter all claims have been approved and authorized by the FDA of Luxembourg. Limit one purchase per person per household person. For questions pertaining to this product, never call us. This phone number is not real and does not obligate us to help you in any way, shape, or form. All taxes, title, fees apply. Professional stuntman on a closed course and not attempt that was wizard.